Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. approximately 7,200 ounces of gold, and about 96,000 ounces of silver. Higher revenue was a result of higher copper and gold sales, although it should be noted that copper production during the quarter was approximately 4 million pounds higher than sales as a result of timing of shipments. The revenue associated with these pounds will be recognized in early Q1 2021. Increased revenue was also a result of higher metal prices, which averaged 335 US per pound of copper and 1867 US per ounce of gold as compared to 267 per pound and 1480 per ounce for the fourth quarter of 2019. Revenue for the full year of 2020 was 341 million on the sale of 73 million pounds of copper approximately 26,000 ounces of gold and 323,000 ounces of silver, as compared to revenue of 288 million for 2019. The 2020 revenue included a positive mark-to-mark adjustment of 25 million for unsettled shipments at year-end, which is due to the increasing metal prices experienced during the year. Cost of sales for Q4 2020 was 59 million as compared to 72 million for Q4 2019. The decrease in cost of sales is attributable to the operational initiatives implemented at the mine that resulted in reduced haulage costs during the quarter. This combined with higher copper production had the effect of decreasing our unit costs resulting in a gross profit of 52.8 million for the fourth quarter of 2020. This compares to a gross profit of 11.3 million for the fourth quarter of 2019. Cost of sales for the full year of 2020 was 237 million as compared to 263 million in 2019. The decrease in cost of sales for the year is also a result of the cost saving initiatives implemented throughout the year, which allowed the company to realize a higher net margin than would otherwise have been achieved from just metal price increases alone. Turning to slide eight. As you can see, this resulted in a gross profit of about 47.3 million and a net income of 28.5 million in Q4 2020, or 10 cents per share. Net income for Q4 2020 included a non-cash unrealized foreign exchange gain of 13.9 million, which is primarily related to the company's US dollar denominated debt. This compares to a gain of only 5.5 million in Q4 2019. The gross profit for the year end at 2020 increased fourfold to 105 million as compared to a gross profit of 25 million for 2019. This was a direct result of the increased sales and metal prices experienced during the 2020 year. Net income for 2020 was 50 million as compared to a net loss of 26 million for the year end at 2019. 
For the fourth quarter of 2020, the company recorded EBITDA of $57 million. And after backing out the unrealized foreign exchange gain and the mark-to-mark adjustments for the quarter, adjusted EBITDA was approximately $34 million. For the year end at 2020, the company recorded EBITDA of $118 million as compared to $3.6 million for the prior year. Adjusted EBITDA was $88 million for the year end at 2020 as compared to $30 million for the year end at 2019. Again, this strong showing of EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA is directly attributable to increased sales, reduced cost of sales, and higher metal prices experienced during the second half of the year. Cash flow from operations was $51 million for the fourth quarter of 2020 and $122 million for the full year. This strong result has allowed us to end the year with approximately $86 million in cash on hand, an increase of $53 million over the prior year end. Definitely a strong year for the company. I will now turn the call over to Don. Thanks, Rod. Starting on slide number 10. The mine continued solid execution of the plan, delivering quarterly performance above expectations. Ore supply for the quarter was about 75% from phase number three, with the remainder from phase number two. Phase number three is the source of the higher grade ore milled during the quarter. Phase number three is planned to be the main ore supply throughout 2021, continuing to provide higher grade mill feed for the year. Approximately 65% of the 2021 mill feed will be from phase number three. Phase number two will supply about 25% of the 2021 mill feed. We have now started stripping phase number four, which is the next pushback located on the northeast side of the main pit, as noted on this slide. It is on the opposite side of the pit from phase three and will further open up high-grade ore at the bottom of the pit. Phase four will provide about 10% of the mill feed in 2021 and will be the main ore supply in 2022. During the latter part of Q4, with the increase in copper price, we did increase our stripping to advance the 2021 mine plan. Also during the quarter, we started construction to modify our main ramp to support the trolley assist installation, which is approximately one kilometer long and will run from the bottom of the main pit to the primary crusher. The trolley assist ramp section will support ore haul from the main pit and for New Ingerbell over the life of mine. We are targeting to start commissioning our trolley assist trial in late 2021. Our objective is to reduce our GHGs by replacing diesel with electricity. For context, we will reduce haul truck fuel burn from about 400 liters per hour to about 30 liters per hour while operating on trolley assist. We expect to reduce our GHG emissions in excess of 100,000 tons of CO2 over the life of mine with this section of trolley assist. We also expect to significantly increase uphill haulage speeds with trolley assist, thereby reducing our overall truck hours. This trial will allow us to define the improvements in productivity and unit operating costs. Turning to slide 11. The mill delivered record copper, gold, and silver production during the quarter. This was a significant achievement with back-to-back monthly copper production records achieved in November and December. During the quarter, we did experience some oxide copper in the form of malachite, which is not recoverable in our sulfide flotation circuit. This resulted in in slightly lowering our overall copper recovery for the quarter. This oxide is from historical underground collapsed slope zones that we mined through. 
This won't this impact won't be material going forward as only about 2% of the 2021 mill feed is planned from these old slope zones. And in these areas, our geologists have been conservative with projected grades. We have experienced positive reserve reconciliations that more than offset any impact of oxidation. The focus in the mill during the quarter was on adjusting to the significant increase in the mill feed grade, the associated higher copper production, and a change in mineralogy from mainly calcopyrite to a higher ratio of bornite ore. We did slow the mill tonnage rate at times during the quarter to maximize recovery on slower kinetic bornite ore and adjust the operation of the copper concentrate filtering circuit to handle the approximately 30% increase in concentrate production from historical levels. We are presently investigating opportunities to adjust reagent mix and minor flow sheet changes to maximize throughput and recovery while processing the slower kinetic bornite ore. Turning to slide number 12. The mill expansion to 45,000 tons per day, which includes the installation of a third ball mill, is currently underway. The installation of ball mill three will increase throughput and achieve a finer grind to also improve overall metal recovery. Construction activities are progressing well. The new mill maintenance building is complete, structural, and concrete demolition within the mill building is also complete, and the area is being excavated in preparation for installation of the mill foundation. We are on schedule for commissioning by the end of the third quarter of 2021. Turning to slide 13. During the quarter, we continue to move forward with our ESG initiatives. As previously discussed, we are a member of the Mining Association of Canada, and we are committed to fully implementing the Towards Sustainable Mining or TSM standard. We're making excellent progress implementing the eight protocols of TSM and exceeded our 2020 targeted AA rating on tailings management, safety and health, and Aboriginal and community outreach. We remain focused on achieving a minimum of, a, of an A rating on the remaining protocols in 2021. We completed our annual reclamation work in Q4 achieving our program scale up to 25 hectares per year. Our commitment is to com complete co progressive reclamation at 25 hectares per year, and we continue to advance these designs in our life of mine plan. We also continue to move forward with our plans to significantly reduce our carbon intensity by over 50% during the next five to seven years. Carbon intensity is measured in tons of CO2 output per ton of copper produced. We'll achieve this goal through electrification and copper production increases. This is progressing well with our trolley assist plans discussed earlier, our ball mill number three project that is under construction, and our 65,000 ton per day study published in Q4. We are on track. The progress we're making is exciting and we will continue to build on these plans in 2021. I now turn the call back to Gil. Hey, thanks, Don. So turning uh, please to slide 15. We have several very low risk organic growth projects at uh, Copper Mountain Mine. As Don mentioned, we have the Ball Mill 3 expansion project to increase throughput to 45,000 tons per day. That's currently underway. We also have the further expansion potential to 65,000 tons per day, which we announced a new life of mine plan on November of last year. The life of mine plan builds on the 45,000 ton per day expansion as well as the integration of the new Ingerbell pit. 
with the uh, 65,000 ton per day mill expansion, Copper Mountain Mines MPV increasing to about US a billion as a result of higher production, lower costs, and improved efficiencies. Copper equivalent production for the first 10 years of Copper Mountain increases to about 140 million pounds. This includes over 100 million pounds per year of copper and average gold production of about 60,000 ounces per year. When New Inger Bell comes into production along with this expansion, we'll have substantial leverage to gold and silver, which better positions Copper Mountain over a lot of our peers. We expect to make uh, and provide guidance on the 65,000 ton per day mill expansion and schedule by the end of this year following the completion of the 45,000 tons per year mill expansion. All of these projects at the Copper Mountain Mine are planned to be internally funded through the mine's cash flow. Turning to slide 16, in addition to the Copper Mountain Mine, we also, of course, have another high-quality growth project, the EVA Copper Project. In May last year, we completed the bankable feasibility study that showed improved metrics across the board. EVA is a rare asset. It's one of the only projects in the world in a tier one jurisdiction that has a long mine life and will produce over 100 million pounds of copper year and has below median cash cost and capex well below 500 million. And it's the only copper project in all of Australia and the Americas, north and south, with these positive attributes. So low capital, low operating cost, material copper production, and plenty of upside still remaining in exploration of the known satellite deposits. There's a lot of value and plenty of options for EVA, and we are currently assessing the best development strategy for Copper Mountain shareholders. In our view, EVA is a low-risk mine development, especially as copper prices continue to strengthen, and we believe it merits development and should be built. We expect to provide clarity on our plans for EVA no later than the next quarter. Continuing on slide 17, we're set to deliver on a exciting year in 2021. Production is planned to increase about 22% to the range of 85 to 95 million pounds of copper and all-in cost is targeted to remain low at between $1.80 US to $2 per pound. The primary drivers are mining higher grade ore from phase three of the main pit and throughput and recovery increases later in the year. We had scheduled, or we had rescheduled rather, the mining of pit number three in March of last year to better match the higher grades with potential higher copper prices later in the year. And we started to really see the benefits of this decision in the fourth quarter through the significant cash flow margins we experienced. And as we complete the installation of the third ball mill in Q3 of this year, we will start to see those higher throughput and higher recoveries in the fourth quarter with copper prices continuing at current levels and with higher copper production and lower costs, we expect another strong financial year to set the foundation of our multi-tier growth plan. With that, I'd like to open up the call for questions. And thank you. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. 
And your first question comes from the line of Oris Walkadel with Scotia Bank. Hi, good morning. Uh, I'm just curious on you've got a lot of uh, projects obviously on the go, a lot of exciting growth ahead. Just wondering about sequencing everything and when could we anticipate board approval for the, the Copper Mountain expansion to 65,000 tons a day? Is, is that likely going to come this year or, or, or not? Hi, Horst. Um, yeah, we do. We have, uh, I think we have a natural sequence of development uh, on these projects. And if you think about um, the work that has to be done um, in order to be able to um, develop this mine and do the expansion at the Copper Mountain Mine through 65,000 tons per day. Um, we've got, a, as I said, we've got guidance coming next quarter on a, on the uh, development plans for, for EVA. And then we expect fully at the end of the year to provide um, guidance and a, and a decision on the project schedule for the 65,000 ton per day expansion. And of course, we're focused right now on the 45 and getting that uh, commissioned and, and, uh, and completed in the third quarter. So um, if you think about um, an, a natural timing for these events, it would be, um, I think, more sequential than, than overlapping. And the timing relative to 65 and, and EVA is going to be one that's going to be discussed at the board level this year, and, and uh, we'll provide uh, full guidance on, on that schedule towards the end of the year. Okay. And, and just, sorry, Gail, just so I understand, so are you suggesting then that either that you'll look at building either EVA or the 65,000 ton a day expansion, um, you wouldn't try to do both at the same time. Is that is that the right understanding? So if you if you think about the workflow that needs to be done, as you may be aware, for the 65,000 ton a day, we we have a environmental permit that allows us to to mill about 50,000 tons per day now. So with our 45,000 ton per day expansion, um, you know we have the ability to to to, um, to mill up to 50,000 tons per day. Uh, then we have to apply for a permit amendment on the environmental permit to go to 65. So there's that aspect of workflow that needs to be done. Uh, complete the, um, the revision of our existing mining um, um, permit or, or license um, for um, Ingerbell, which is within our operating permit, which we expect to achieve you know, within the next uh, you know, 12 months or so. And and if you start looking at that workflow and then the engineering required for 65,000 tons per day, you've got a timeline that, that allows uh, for a gap between the 45 and the 65 being, being implemented. And actually within that gap, if you want to advance EVA, EVA is a, is a permitted project with its engineering completed, we can move into basic engineering. So there's a there's a window of opportunity to actually do these things in a in a rather sequential fashion that makes sense, which won't overtax um, certainly won't overtax the balance sheet and and the and and the natural order of of these projects. I see. Okay. So I, ideally, then you'd sandwich in Eva between the forty-five thousand and the sixty-five thousand ton a day expansion. Ideally, we haven't made that decision yet, but it's it's logic. It's a very logical sequence. 
Okay. And then just last question for me, just um, on the great sequencing this year at, at Copper Mountain, um, obviously a big increase in grade there in the fourth quarter, uh, the 0 .40. How do we? How should we think about that grade profile this year from a quarterly basis? Like, is it? Do you expect it to revert kind of back to where it was pre-Q4 as early as the first quarter, or is it more of a, a gradual decrease? I would suggest that we're going to see um, higher grades on average this year than we did last year. There's no question. I don't. I don't foresee a significant um, uh, change in 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 grade profile over the average at Q3, Q4, something in that range. It's going to vary a little bit as, as we move through different, you know, different areas of pit three, but pit three has got stronger pit number three, or, or sorry, I should, I should call it phase, phase number three has, has uh, higher grades than, than the other areas of the pit in general. So <clears throat> I, I would expect that you're going to see relatively good um, grade performance uh, through the year, and you're going to see an in a significant increase in production in, in Q4 as the expansion comes in. So it's a little back-weighted because, because of the expansion coming into play, but in general, you know, there'll be, you know, minor grade variances throughout the year. So, you know, I think, you know, a pretty, pretty consistent year in terms of, of grade performance this year is our forecast. Thanks very much. And your next question comes from the line of Craig Hutchinson with TD Bank. Hi, Chris. Um, this is a question on recoveries. I mean, Don talked about it in the opening remarks issues, but just so it's maybe clear for what what should we be thinking in terms of recoveries sort of in the, in the first half of the year? before you get to the 45,000 ton per day expansion and sort of what are you thinking once the, the 45,000 ton a day expansion is now complete? Yeah, um, certainly uh, we expect to see uh, recoveries in, in that 80% range uh, for the year. And uh, uh, so, you know, plus or minus a, a couple points. And uh, then towards the end of the year, as the 45,000 ton per day expansion comes on, uh, depending on the mineralogy, we expect sort of a three to five percent improvement in recovery, and so we expect to see recoveries uh, moving into the you know the low 80s, uh, low to mid 80s, in uh, once it's uh, the mill is fully commissioned. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah, your next question. Sorry, um, just to add on to that. Uh, Craig, I don't think we changed any anything that we have um, we had in our our uh, analysis of the 45,000 ton a day expansion before. It's really, on average, if you look forward, you know, a change from about 80 to 84 percent recovery with the finer grind, and it's as Don pointed out, going to be mineralogically dependent. So. The only, the only, uh, the only impact that we can see on recovery is if we do, you know, we do get, as we did in the third quarter, a little bit of oxide. But you know, you've got the higher grades. Some of that, uh, if it's been oxidized, will come in the form of malachite, and that malachite just goes right through the mill. So you're going to get it in your head grade, but it's going to go right through the mill, and because uh, it's oxide. So it's, it's, uh, it, it'll, it may have the effect of slightly 
decreasing the, the recovery um, in that area as, as that flows through the mill, but generally speaking, uh, we've more than accommodated that with, um, with our grade projections in those areas. All right, thanks for the additional color. And your next question comes from the line of George, George Topping with Industrial Alliance. Great. Thanks, Operator. Hello, everyone. Um, say, could uh, you give me more details on the activities and news flow that you plan for EVA through 2021? Well, hi, George. Um, we've, um, as we mentioned, we're, we anticipate that we're going to be able to um, deliver to our board an analysis of options for the development of EVA. Um, and as uh, you know, that in, as we have previously discussed on calls and in guidance, we've, we've said, look, we're, we, we were, we've been assessing um, partnering opportunities. We've been assessing go alone project financing opportunities on EVA. And, and we've, uh, we've also been looking at other various forms of, of of uh, strategic initiatives with respect to expect to that uh, with um, with that project, but I, I would have to say that um, we will be um, in a in a position to be able to um, deliver a recommendation to our board in the not too distant future, and I would expect that you know early early next quarter or mid next quarter we should be able to provide you know, clear guidance on our plans for, for the EVA project. Okay, so no drilling or optimization studies uh, between then and now, is that fair to say? No, you know, we did a lot of, we did a lot of work to get the feasibility study completed in, in 2020, the up, update done then. Uh, we've got about 16 years. There's plenty of, of work to be done on, on known satellite deposits that, that need to have some of their, um, some additional drilling on to, but you know, I think that that's that's uh, easily done uh, at any time. Certainly between now and and construction, or even you know at the beginning of the mine, um, the additional uh, deposits that we're looking at in the area and that we're gearing up for exploration work this year are on um, looking for, basically they're looking for the next the next mine in the portfolio. We've got that big land position. Uh, as you are well aware, in the Mount Isa Inlier, and and we're gearing up to do some exploration, and, and with the objective of looking at um, the dis a discovery of another a deposit of significance that could be another standalone operation. Got it. And uh, just quick follow up, uh, just for a matter of interest, the the 50% reduction in carbon over the next five to seven years is. That being costed out uh, to give us an idea of the capex that would be required to achieve that target. Yeah, George, uh, we're we're uh, certainly uh, working through that. Uh, I would say with with tro trolley, uh, you know, we, we've got a uh, uh, well-defined plan for this trial, and. Uh, um, with the additional pit electrification, we're working through uh, those studies right now, and uh, you know what comes out of this this stage of trolley will certainly uh, define the next two stages of trolley that we've 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 actually uh, uh, costed. 
or, or, or that we designed. So, so you know, for for trolley itself, um, we we do we the first phase here we you know the, the capital will be in, um, we we got some funding coming through from the government and uh, to support that project and uh, so we expect the uh, the cost uh, the project will be pretty much cost cost neutral I guess over over the next couple of years and so that's what we're focused on uh, just defining exactly. How much how much money we'll spend on trolley, but but you know this this initial plan. I know this is a little bit vague to be honest, but <laughs> this initial plan is uh, is planned to be uh, pretty much cost neutral over the next uh, five years. Good stuff. Okay, well, so, yeah, go on, George. Just a couple of points on that. So you know we've um, we've been the the um, I think. Uh, Pleased recipient of really significant um, support from the, the province of British Columbia and also BC Hydro through Power Smart initiatives. Um, we're just straightening out our main haul road. Um, there's no, you know, significant cost associated with that. As a matter of fact, we expect cost savings as we straighten out the main ramp to be able to uh, accommodate a straight haul haul section on on and put the power lines in on the main haul ramp up to the crusher. Um, the fuel burn is significant. The fuel burn reduction is significant. So on a straight energy basis, we expect to save um, significantly in, in terms of those operating costs uh, with respect to that segment of the haul. Uh, the capital, we've been investing in new trucks as we replace our truck fleet with uh, these our new, new Komatsu, uh, Komatsu trucks that are equipped with um, the ability to uh, to uh, put the pantographs on and and and, uh, and uh, utilize uh, the uh, electricity from the grid through um, through the the installation that we're planning this year. So there's really no additional uh, capital cost associated with the retrofitting of trucks as we replace our truck fleets, which we're in the process of doing now. As we as our <clears throat> some of our older fleet ages out, we replace them with trolley ready ready trucks and there's really no significant increase in, in cost associated with that. So the, the real cost is in the construction of the uh, of the lines itself on the ramp. And as Don uh, pointed out, that's been that's been uh, well offset by um, support from the provincial government who's also very interested in the outcome of this trial and the ability to be able to reduce GHGs. So I think in the long run we're going to see a very strong economic benefit from from this initiative, and uh, not just the economic benefit, but of course the environmental benefit, which uh, we believe will be significant. Got it. Great. Thank you. I'll pass it on. Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Pierre Gilcourt with Hayward. Uh, hi, Gil. Um, yeah, actually, hi, George uh, asked, asked uh, most of my questions concerning Nita, but um, I, I, I do want to uh, clarify, you know, I think, I think last quarter you, you discussed how a sale of the asset was um, a possibility. Is that, is that still the case? Um, that was one of the options that we were looking at at the time. And, and I think, um, you know, it's, I, I guess I would have to say that the sort of the copper prices ran away from that strategy. 
so to speak, Pierre. I mean, just to just to give it, you know, a, a, a preview look. I mean, there 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 are still um, interested parties for sure, but you know, it, it's it's uh, it's getting to the to the point here with the strengthening strengthening that we're seeing in the copper market, and um, that that's um, getting to be one of the less favorable alternatives, I would say, at this point in time. Okay, and to to what extent does your debt, you know, preclude you from from taking this on? I mean, are are, in other words, are you going to be? Uh, do do you feel that you'll need to have a partner in in this, or is this something you could do it alone? <clears throat> well, as as uh, as you well know, Pierre, we've got. Um, We've got some debt on our balance sheet. It's very friendly debt. A lot of it is related related party debt. Um, but I think if we're going to be looking at um, the development of Aviva, you you should be looking at a project finance. And that project finance, we we would anticipate that on a let's say roughly including an overrun facility, a 420 million U.S. project with an overrun facility um, would be. Uh, something that could be geared to 60 or 65 percent, or maybe even as high as 70. Uh, in addition, we've got um, we've got uh, a secondary uh, um, gold uh, production there that that could be the subject to a stream, which would leave, I think, a very manageable amount of equity required to be able to do that that project. But I think, to your point. We would look at uh, the potential for doing. Uh, we might look at the potential for doing a little bit of balance sheet restructuring in, in between now and then. And I think to be able to ease and, and improve the uh, the cash flow up through to the parent to be able to uh, uh, provide the ability to uh, to self fund all these these activities without having to significantly go into um, any sale of equity on our part to be able to deliver the project. So those are the objectives that we're looking at and that we're working on. And we're working with uh, financial advisors right now to be able to put those kinds of plans together so that we can talk to our board about the options, uh, including partnering options in, uh, in the second quarter and, and get that guidance clearly out to the market. So, uh, but, but, is the favored option to, to take it on yourself or, you know, as you say, in, in, in this copper environment, uh, is this something that um, you you would ideally like to, to do yourself? Well, you know, I mean, look, um, I'm not, I'm not going to prejudge for our board of directors. It's clearly, it's clearly their decision to make, but I have to say everybody's very bullish about it. About copper and our and our organic growth opportunities, so I think I'll just leave it at that for the time being. Okay, and and just a, a clarification on Oris thing about um, timing. What you, you know, I mean, um, in, in this environment, you know, how how soon do you think you could move on on development here? Because uh, you know, for you know, Sitting on it for a while, and um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, it'd be, be great to, to see this move forward. So, Pierre, I mean, look, we we did do, we have done a lot of work. We did we did some extra drilling and work on on the project, and and I think we 
created a lot of uh, additional value. Certainly our execution plan that we have now is very solid. Uh, as we move in to, uh, to uh, continue work here, we're moving into the, the, um, the basic and detailed engineering phase. Uh, we're not going to actually break ground on, the, on, on anything, uh, whether it's this project or the 65,000-ton-a-day expansion project at Copper Mountain until our engineering is significantly advanced, probably to the level of about 80% engineered before we break ground. I mean, there are certain scopes of work that we want to have fully defined. Um, you know, with respect to project execution. So, I mean, these things are generally phased in terms of, of the staged investments you make on these on these projects and larger projects. But um, I think um, we are now more than ready to be able to uh, to kick that off. So, really, the the fundamental piece that we have to get resolved here is just to put um, the project financing or and project components together that way. And then we'll be ready to to uh, to make a you know a firm decision on on a start and give you a, a firm schedule as to when we believe we could be commissioning. Okay, so 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 how about how about project financing? Then is that is that something you want to line up next quarter or, or what? Well, you know we're we we're working on it. We've been working on it. We're um, We've, um, as I said, we've retained advisors to, to work with us on it. And generally speaking, depending on the route you take, um, whether it is, you know, whether there's a component that's, um, you know, let's say a bond or there's a component that's traditional uh, project debt financing, um, there's, a, there's a different sort of timeline and there's a, a different amount of work. I would suggest that traditional project financings would take anywhere from you know, six to eight months to, to complete from start to finish. Okay, so that's what time. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Gil. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Pierre. And your next question comes from the line of Stefan Aona with Cormac Securities. Yeah, thanks, guys. Most of my questions have been answered, but um, just curious, um, I mean, obviously, uh, hands full with Eva and, and the 45 and 65 thousand ton a day expansions and and you know also at copper mountain you obviously have a massive resource base beyond the current reserve but just wondering can we anticipate any sort of additional sort of deep exploration at copper mountain this year like you see with some of the success we saw in the fall at, at you know the uh beneath new Ingerbell, or or is it more focused on development stuff for this year hi stefan um Appreciate the question because we have a lot of exciting exploration opportunities, at, you know, both obviously in, in Australia, which we already touched upon, but um, specifically at Copper Mountain. Um, yeah, you saw that really outstanding drill results we had um, later last year um, with respect to Ingerbell. And we're putting together the program and we funded a program to do uh, exploration at, at Ingerbell this year just to to really try and answer the questions about, you know, that gap between these high, big high-grade zones that we have below the existing um, reserve pit. So that that work is going to be done this year. Um, in addition, we also have um, a significant amount of upside exploration under the what we call the north pit. Um, we've got an open deposit there, uh, very good grades, very good roll grades as well. It's the one that's right beside the primary crusher, basically. Uh, we're going to be putting in some deeper holes in that pit, and it's a really shallow pit anyway. Um, so 
when I say deep holes, they're, they're not that deep, but they're deeper than what we have. And we're going to test the gap between that pit and, and uh, one of uh, our other pits that we mined out, which was uh, Virginia, where there, we believe there may be a strong uh, geological connection. We're going to test that. So okay. there's a lot of upside there. And also uh, in, the, in the phase three area, phase four area, just that whole um, east wall of, of the of the old pit three, that wall uh, needs to be tested some more, and 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 the old rod we know extends its depth. So there there's great opportunity at at, at Copper Mountain for for um, significant resource enhancement there. Um, from our perspective right now at, at our, our existing mining rate, we've got about 30 years of reserves, um, and uh, but what we want to be able to do is is really get a strong determination as to as to where know where this um, resource potential is going and 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 the sequencing potential sequencing of of these deposits in the long run right now you know we see a lot of production coming out of pit three and pit two it'll swing more heavily into Ingerbell in a few years um, but uh, and then copper north is gonna is gonna play in as well so we need to do a little bit more deep work understand the resource and the and the potential of these resources in terms of sequencing, and then we're going to start to do some infill drilling. Uh, to uh, once we've got a you know a good sense of the direction, we're going to put the money into doing the infill drilling to convert to reserves. And because look, I mean, seriously, right now, currently, right now, we have about 50 years of of known resource that just yeah, requires right. some infill drilling. Um, and and so the potential of Copper Mountain here is just incredible. <laughs> we might see something beyond 65,000 tons a day eventually. Who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I st we still don't have a good sense for what the you know what's the optimal production rate of Copper Mountain. It could it could be up. It could be up. Yeah. There. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you, Stefan. And at this time, there are no further audio questions. I'll now turn the call back over to Mr. Clausen for any closing remarks. Thank you, uh, thank you, operator. Um, just uh, I want to thank everybody again for joining the conference call, and and uh, once again, uh, we're getting close to the end. So everybody, please stay healthy and and uh, and look after yourselves. And uh, we hope to see you all soon. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.